freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com, the network's website, republicbroadcasting.org. Today is Saturday, April 18th, 2015. This show is live every Saturday evening from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time. That's 9 p.m. to midnight Central Time. Ladies and gentlemen, it is officially history. The Free Your Mind 3 conference went down last weekend in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia, and man, was it one for the history books. I'm telling you, this was the greatest event that I have ever attended in my life. Tonight on the show, we're going to do a full recap of Free Your Mind 3 with the one of the main organizers of the Free Your Mind 3 conference, Bob Tuscan, who's going to be coming onto the show with me in just a few moments. I also want to take calls from, in the first hour, I want to take calls from anyone who attended the Free Your Mind 3 conference. So during the first hour only, uh, calls from people who attended Free Your Mind 3 only. Only attendees of, of the Free Your Mind 3 conference, please call in the toll-free number to join us in the first hour with Bob Tuscan, Free Your Mind 3 organizer. The toll-free number to join us, 800-313-9443. Once again, toll-free, 800-313-9443. Bob's going to be coming on with us in just a few moments. I have a couple of very quick event announcements, or not event announcements, just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, I do have some What on Earth is Happening promotional t-shirts left from the Free Your Mind 3 conference, but I'll tell you what, I don't have many of them. Um, they really went, people really loved the new design, and people were just so generous and supportive. Um, I, I went there with two boxes full of shirts and uh, left with like less than, I think, about eight shirts, seven or eight shirts. So I'll already have to be reprinting this design. It was very popular. People seem to like it a lot. And um, again, they were just very generous and supportive. So they really went fast at the conference. The new design uh, was debuted at Free Your Mind 3. It's now available to the public. 
The design has been posted to whatonearthishappening.com. So if you're interested in receiving a What on Earth is Happening promotional t-shirt as a gift in return for a voluntary donation, you can click on the promotional t-shirt link on the left-hand side of the whatonearthishappening.com website, and there you can take a look at the new design. There's also a donation button on the left-hand side of whatonearthishappening.com. If you feel that you have received value from the information that I have shared and presented here on the What on Earth is Happening uh, radio show and website, feel free to make a voluntary donation to help support my work so that I can continue it into the future. There is an ongoing donation drive for Republic Broadcasting. Um, if, you're, uh, if you want to help uh, keep Republic Broadcasting going, again, it's listener-supported, a station like this. Um, a lot of costs associated with hosting an uh, online network like this. Uh, feel free to make a donation to help support RBN. You can call toll-free to pledge a donation, 800-724-2719. Once again, toll-free, 800-724-2719. You can click the PayPal link on the donation tab at republicbroadcasting.org. So just go to republicbroadcasting.org, click on the donation tab, and then click on the PayPal link, and you can make a donation via PayPal. Or if you want to send in a check uh, via um, snail mail, you can send it to 2251 Double Creek Drive, Suite 302, Round Rock, Texas, 78664. Once again, 2251 Double Creek Drive, Suite 302, Round Rock, Texas, 78664. All right, with no further ado, let's uh, go to our special guest for today, the main organizer, along with John Vibes, uh, of the Free Your Mind 3 conference, Bob Tuscan. Bob, welcome to What on Earth is Happening. Boy, you're lucky I didn't put you in cuffs at the Free of Mind conference. <laughs> He's starting oh. already. <laughs> you got a little out of hand there a few times, Mark. Well, we'll have to get the cult to take care of you next time. That's right. I did get a nice grope down on my way back from oh, the conference. Oh, boy. Yeah, man, I did. I, you know, I look forward to the gropes uh, oh. that the beautiful hands at the TSA administer. And I've posted that video on my YouTube channel, of course, so if anybody wants a good laugh and to see my uh, belly sticking out, I guess I've gained a few freer mind pounds. And next conference is <laughs> to be freer belly from the amount of uh, weight that I've gained over the past few years. Uh, what happened was my wife gained all this pregnancy weight, Mark, and I felt bad for her. So I tried to, you know, make her feel better, and then she lost all the weight after the baby was born, and and I didn't. So, what can you do? It but evens it out, right? It does. It does. It's <laughs> it's all about balance and feminine. <laughs> exactly right. So I had a blast. Uh, I don't know about you, but I had a good time, and I think the information was equally as compelling as the energy there, as the vibe from getting to talk with people, getting to meet face-to-face -face with like minds. We can't sure. underestimate just how powerful that is by itself. The idea that we have 500 people in a room together that get what's really going on on this planet, to various degrees perhaps, but nonetheless, all have a common bond of being folks that are fans of good over evil and to me that that is in a sense the underlying theme of it all is that we are there to expose evil and promote good and promote love and so on and, and so forth 
And one of the things that I noticed right away, Mark, was that anybody that I spoke to from the hotel staff and everyone else in the area that was affected by the attendees of Freer Mind 3, I got rave reviews about these people. I was just curious, you know, how they were receiving us. I wanted to know how the various hotels in the area and the staff and the bar staff and the people, even the people cleaning the bathrooms, I wanted to know how they received this iconoclastic group that we have. Right. And I got to tell you, we've converted quite a few people just by our very presence. People were looking it up. They were genuinely interested. We weren't ostracized. We weren't marginalized and told we were crazy. We weren't treated poorly. And, of course, we didn't treat people poorly. Exactly. They got that vibe of, of love, and, and they got the idea. And there was a, one, one little caveat here. There was an, an episode, I believe, on Saturday night where the order followers, the cult members, were called to the hotel that the conference was held at at the Sheridan Bucks County. I was not aware of this. Well, I'm going to share this with you, Mark, because my heart dropped when I heard this. I said, really? They said, yes, there was a domestic dispute at the bar, and the, uh, the cops were called. Hmm. And instantly I, I started to say to myself, no, this can't be. We're... Really? Uh, you know, I was starting to to say to myself, well, we're none of us are perfect just because we're here doesn't mean we can't have disputes, blah, 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 blah. And I asked, I started to ask around, do you know if it was our group for sure? Can you confirm that? Finally, I get wind of who it was. And, well, lo and behold, it was not our group. It was actually some other small group that was staying, happened to be staying at the hotel. Right. I was a part of a fencing club. Go hmm. figure. Uh, so I, I just said to myself at that point, you know, th th this event is not going to attract that sort of energy. And I'm exactly. even surprised that that sort of energy could um, breathe at the conference with all of us around. And, you know, days after in correspondence with everyone, I was just hearing again and again just how cool everyone was and how, how gracious the people were. They were genuine human beings, Bob. I mean, it's like what the Earth could actually become. It's it's what the people of Earth could actually become if they allow uh, knowledge to transform them. And these people yep. were um, of a whole uh, different order of consciousness from the people that you know are just around us on a day to day basis in our lives on you know uh, on the street sure. where we live. And um, it, it was just amazing being around that level of consciousness for three whole days. It was like riding high, you know, without any substance whatsoever needed, you know, no substance needed, but you were on oh, yeah. a, a, a total high the whole time. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I was just completely consumed and I, I needed a vacation from the vacation, but it was a good drain of my energy perhaps <laughs> and I think you hit the nail on the head with what you just said these were human beings that's right these, these weren't people that have been dehumanized these aren't people that have been made out to be primitive beast these were human beings that operated as such and shared their consciousness as such they weren't belittled and brought to that beast that uh, leviathan that the powers that shouldn't be have been trying to convince us humanity is comprised of no folks this was human nature at its finest not human behavior 
but human nature. And I talk a lot about that in my talk that I gave in, in looking at scarcity and its effect on our behaviors and our true nature, which is out of love and out of a spiritual abundance and so on and so forth. And I believe that this consciousness being in such abundance, this vast, open-minded, yet critical-mindedness that was found at the conference, and I don't mean to sound like a cheerleader here. We're not trying to sell you, obviously. The conference is done. But at the end of the day, it was something to be experienced. You're going to want to be there. I know everybody who missed it is disappointed. They're going to watch the talks at freeyourmindconference.com. But ultimately, it does not do justice to the actual physical of being there. Yeah, the experience of being there could not possibly be replaced by uh, an internet uh, experience by just watching it, uh, watching the speakers online. You'll get the information that was shared for sure, right. uh, and that's a, that's of ultimate importance, of course. That's why the conference is hosted to begin with. But um, being there in person and being around people of that level of consciousness all in one place uh, cannot be replaced without any question in my mind. Um, one of the things that I really found, um, you know, exciting and enjoyable about this particular year's conference for me personally was since um, the responsibilities of organizing the conference were handed on to yourself and uh, yeah, John thanks Bynes. a lot, yeah. <laughs> and the other main organizers of the event, I played a, a, an ancillary role in the organization of this conference at at, at the very best, um, but. Um, this kind of freed me up to really interact with the people who attended. And uh, it's something I had been wanting to do the past two events. And just because of all of the responsibilities I had in in the organizational role, I was not able to do that to the extent that I was uh, this year in past conferences. So that's the part of the conference I enjoyed the most, even beyond the information sharing, which of course is critical. I really enjoyed the dynamic interaction with the people who attended and they just really gave me some hope about the possibilities of what we can create here uh, by just being around them and talking with them, getting into the interactions that I that I participated in with them. Um, it make, <clears throat> makes one realize that there are people who are awakened and they are out there and they are doing the great work. And, um, you know, all is not lost yet as long as people like this are still in the world. I think you're right. I think we forget sometimes that we can come together and stand up against the evildoers and so on and so forth. And we are completely reminded of that and humbled of that uh, realization, if you will, that we're, you know, we are powerful and we are able to stand up in the face of tyranny and say enough is enough and that there are other people out there willing to do so and, and hold your hand side by side, if you will. Absolutely. And that word that you just said there, that is a word I repeated again and again at the conference. It was a humbling experience for me. So many people came up to me and conveyed, you know, that they thought that the work that I've been putting out over the past several years has had a profound impact in their lives. And they came up to me with such uh, a um, uh, an entire uh attitude of gratitude you know the the, the their thankfulness sure. was overwhelming and the outpouring of support and generosity was in fact very humbling for sure the um interesting thing about that is that i was thinking to myself mark we talk often about what one person can do sure. and then we see that one person can do a lot and for for instance, 
we don't even know what sort of um, butterfly effect takes place after our actions. For instance, I had no idea that hooking up some crazy dude from Philly who had this local presentation he was giving uh, would turn into uh, a freaking rock star named Mark Passio with What on Earth is Happening. (laughs) I had no idea giving you a radio show was even a good idea. I thought at first you were kind of crazy and probably full of it. Uh, And I I wore my tinfoil hat religiously for the first 15 shows that we produced for you. Um, No, of course I'm joking, but... Nonetheless, I've been overshadowed now, and now one of my claims to fame is the guy who gave Mark Passio a freaking radio show to begin with. <laughs> Go figure, you know. So, so it's it's humbling to me. Back to that word, because it, it's awesome to see the unintended consequences of how one thing leads to another, right. and there is with every action a reaction, and so on and so forth, and. I struggled with this, Mark, and I know you do as well, because part of me was wanting to put my ego in check. So when ha- when you have hundreds of people come up to you, and you're one of these people that does not like the idea of celebrity or ego right. or however you want to frame it, it makes you wonder sometimes you know, you, you start to feel a little uncomfortable, you know, the, after the first 10 people come up to him and say, thank you, man, I appreciate you, Mark, I, I appreciate you, Bob, I start to say to myself, jeez, am I just stroking my own ego here? And by, by, what, what am I doing this for? And after a, a while, I started to realize that, again, it, it's more than the ego, dude. It, it's, it's something that is an unintended consequence that there is gratitude given, but I have the same sort of gratitude to everybody else that I've learned exactly. from. Exactly, and and that that's nothing that is is something that gets to our head in a, in a negative way. It only inspires us and makes us stronger to continue our trip down the rabbit hole, so to speak. And and that's to me the bottom line. And 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 again. Very, very humbling and very, very rewarding at the same time. Without a doubt. Bob, let's talk a little bit about some of the speakers and their information. Um, what oh, speakers yeah. really made an impact for you? I got to well, you. Know tell what? You. Let's hold that because there's the break music yeah, coming. Okay. In. So we'll get this, to that. This on. is going to be good, Mark, because when we get back, we, I want to share with the listeners, dude, some of the speakers that I had no idea would be as freaking profound as they were. Great. We'll get to that on the other side of this break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. My special guest this evening, Bob Tuscan, Free Your Mind 3 organizer. We'll be right back. There's a cold silence. That we don't dare speak There's a wall between us And a river so deep We keep pretending That there's nothing wrong There's a code of silence And it can't go on Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. 
Tonight on the show, we're talking to Free Your Mind 3 main organizer, Bob Tuscan, and um, the toll-free number to join us if you attended the Free Your Mind 3 conference. We want to hear from attendees of Free Your Mind 3. We'll put you on the air with the main organizer, Bob Tuscan, and get your reactions to the conference and get your suggestions for future events. The toll-free number to join us, 800-313-9443. Bob, we, before the break uh, caught us in, in the first segment, we were getting ready to talk about um, some of the speakers and the information that they shared. Who were some of the speakers that had the biggest impact on you at this year's conference? Uh, my talk, of course, was the number one talk at <laughs> the naturally. conference. Naturally, sure. Um, so, like you, Mark, I didn't get a chance to listen to as many talks as I I would have liked to. I was in organizer mode, and as you know, that's oh, yeah. quite consuming, and I'm running here and there and everywhere. But I got to tell you, the few moments of some of the talks that I got a chance to to listen to, and, and all of them were compelling in their own right, but the few moments of some of the talks that I'm about to mention really, really stood out and struck me as, geez, this is compelling um, groundbreaking material that's being shared here. This is original material. You know, anybody can repeat some of the stuff we've learned over the years about this and that. You know, there's there's researchers who kind of gather information and put together puzzle pieces on some level. Right. And then there's researchers that come at you and you're like, how the hell did they think of this? How the hell did they connect these dots in such a compelling way? And I got to tell you, Ross Ben was one of these said individuals who brought forth original research that I had never heard before that was so freaking compelling that you're going to have to see it. I mean, his look at Philadelphia and the idea behind what Philadelphia really is and, and Benjamin Franklin and, and just the, the, the dots that this man connected were insane. And, and it really brought into focus, Mark, the synchronistic reasoning why this conference was at Philadelphia sure. or is being held at Philadelphia. Yeah, I uh, heard. Did you get a chance to hear some of that? I, I unfortunately did not catch Ross's presentation this year as I did last year or two years ago with Free Your Mind 2. When I thought right. his, phenomenal, uh, his presentation was phenomenal at Free Your Mind 2. Uh, unfortunately, I w was not able to see his presentation live this year, but um, I heard incredible things about it. I, I heard people raving about it after uh, he w came off the stage. I mean, absolutely brilliant research, and, and again, all original. He, he broke down some things, very detailed things that you won't find in reading a book about this sort of stuff or in, in reading an article or watching a documentary online. Yeah, it's definitely deeply occulted information because he gets into geomancy and earth energies and energy lines that run on the surface of the earth and how they converge at certain points on the earth and how these dark occultists use this energy grid system to kind of, you know, send dark energies throughout the planet. Uh, and, you know, this has been a, a fulcrum point of his work work and I think it's groundbreaking and a lot of people are really catching on to this and beginning to understand it and he puts it out there in a uh, deeply focused way as you said. Sure does. The other compelling talk uh, on, on so many levels was Janice Barcelo's very very yes. disturbing talk. Now on... I did get to see a good portion of that one and I agree that's very powerful and important information for people to understand. Yeah, and, and very difficult to sit there and listen to, unfortunately. 
Um, about birth she sh- trauma and what, what, yeah, what happens to children in hospitals when they're born. Right. And that some of the, the imagery behind her talk was very graphic. Sure. And, you know, people were in tears and it, it was just very hard, but very hard to handle, but very important to expose That's right. and to, to try to um, continue to, you know, rejuvenate ourselves and, and re- heal ourselves. Re- rehabilitate is the word I was looking for there as I tripped all over my words. The other cool thing I want to shout out to was the open mic deal. Oh, yeah. We had probably 50 people, I want to say, participate in the open mic. Amazing. And we had guys talking about anything from uh, one of the guys did something on radio frequencies and cell phones and the dangers of that. Another person did something on drinking distilled water versus other types of waters. Right. One person came up and, and talked about urine therapy. Right. Uh, you know, peeing in, in a cup and having a, a nice drink uh, and so on and so forth. So it was really cool and very eclectic to hear all of the people doing the open mic talks. And, and I'm not doing it justice, so you're going to have to go to freermindconference.com, which in the near future will have all of the lectures available for you to watch at your own time in your mom's basement with your tinfoil hat, freeyourmindconference.com will have that all. Mark, let's get some calls in a minute. What do you say? Sure, absolutely. Let's go to the phones. Let's hear from Nathan in Arkansas. Nathan, you're live on What on Earth is Happening with our special guest, Bob Tuscan. Welcome to the show. Mark, I was, I was, break I was, leading, you into, I was leading you into the break, I man. completely to, missed to it. I'm, I'm unfortunately not hearing it in my headphones, so uh, I'm, I'm way <laughs> off tonight, brother. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. I apologize. I went over the uh, last break. I had a hard time hearing the uh, bumper music coming in, but we were about to go to some phone calls uh, with our special guest, Bob Tuscan, one of the main Free Your Mind 3 organizers. So let's hear from Nathan in Arkansas. Nathan, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mark, it's Nathan. How you doing? Uh, nice nice to talk to you again. Absolutely. So uh, I had to sell some stock in order to make my way over to uh, Free Your Mind 3, but let me tell you, it was completely worth it. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it was, that. It was good to see you, Nathan. Uh, I remember you distinctly now that I hear your voice. Uh, okay. Nathan was walking around with his acoustic guitar and uh, doing all sorts of um, uplifting little ditties as he walked by. Yeah, and everybody appreciated, too. Sometimes I do it on the street, and people walk by, and they won't even, like, it's like they're zombies. You know, you ever see a zombie out in public? All the time. <laughs> yeah. So I, on the way there, I got sexually assaulted by the TSA a couple times, mm. and once on the way back as well. I, I heard you talking about that, Bob Tuskin. Listen, it's not not considered assault if if you're volunteering for it. All right, 
I yeah, mean, it's, it's, it's not I, rape, I but say, it's I not rape if you're yeah. giving it up, man. Right, right, of course. Well, one of the talks I really liked was, of course, Mark Cassio's talk. I mean, I, I really liked the interview with the typical order follower. That was, yes. You know, pretty typical, right? I'd so, say uh, that there's more of them out there than we could possibly imagine, and we yeah. know what our work is to do now. You know, we have to reach the minds of these people and transform them. Yeah, a whole army of them, sure. right? So, so I one thing I did when I got back to Arkansas was I started a meetup group called the Arkansas Anarchists, and uh, I use I stole a few of your ideas, Mark, because you know you have such great ideas. No, su- no such thing. You know, it's all out there uh, for, for using it and helping people with that information. You know, it's, uh, it's it, yeah. feel free to, to take it and do what you will with it. You know, that's what it's out there for. Yeah, I've used some sacred geometry. I designed a symbol, which was a outline of Arkansas, and I put that in red and blue, and then I put a uh, anarchy symbol, the circle and the, the triangle with a line to it. I put that on top of the Arkansas outline. And I put that in green and purple. So I stole a lot of your ideas like about color meaning, sure. symbolism. And uh Well let's say I, you incorporated could, those ideas. <laughs> yeah. Man. Fair enough. The the best the, all geniuses do that, you know? Sure. They borrow from each other. Sure. So uh one my one of my favorite uh if I had any advice for, you know, future shows, I would just say, eventually, you're going to need a bigger venue, right? Because if it keeps growing at this rate, sure. you know, there might be thousands of them next time. So, oh, Well, that's, and that's I, a good I, thing. You know, the more people that are, are coming online to this information and becoming involved, the better. One of the things that I also enjoyed was the grassroots efforts. You saw so many people coming from other states in the United States that had already put together groups uh, activist groups in their area, free your mind groups uh, from all over the whole United States, you know, and that's what I love to see. You know, I, I want to see more of that type of, uh, you know, grassroots yep. activism happening everywhere. No, that's exactly right, Mark. That was one of the most badass components of this all is that people are starting groups, free your yeah. mind groups, you know, anarchy groups, whatever you want to call it, freedom groups. Uh, and they're, you know, gathering each other and, and meeting not just at these conferences, but starting to meet locally as well and coming from all over the place to meet uh, the other groups uh, at the conference as kind of a central location, if you will. Nathan, good to hear from you, man. I appreciate it. All right. Nice talking to you again. Thank you so much, Nathan. So um, one quick thing I want to mention regarding my talk is that, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll say this for the first time on air, is that I announced what is going to be a new campaign that I'm launching as part of What on Earth is Happening. It's going to be called the Quit Your Cult Campaign. And I don't know exactly what this is going to entail. I'm still formulating ideas, uh, probably going to have a subsection on the website regarding this. But this was a big part of my talk, uh, which was called The Cult of Ultimate Evil, Order Followers and the Destruction of the Sacred Feminine, which I delivered at Free Your Mind 3. Uh, I kind of announced in that presentation that I am going to be forming this campaign called Quit Your Cult, which will be directed toward helping order followers to get out of the cult that they are in, Uh, mainly meaning military and police, but basically anybody that is a supporter of government and involved in the government in any role whatsoever. 
Um, and uh, it's going to basically be like, you know, steps to take at a grassroots level to help people to understand that what they're involved in is um, coercion and violence and it constitutes a cult and it has all the same trappings and all the same techniques that cults use throughout time and that's what my presentation was basically about how order followers do constitute a cult and uh, it emphasized the necessity the you know moral obligation that people who are awake have to help these people to come out of that mindset and quit their cult. So that's going to be coming up over the next uh, several months here on what on earth is happening. I'll be formulating this campaign called the quit your cult campaign. So just wanted to mention that formally on the show and tell people to watch out for that in the coming months. Watch so, out for that boy. Yep. You better watch out for that. <laughs> Mark, I'm already thinking in my, my crazy mind here of ways in which I can, can, participate in quit your cult outreach uh and i and i have some ideas here i don't want to let the cat out of the bag i'll run them by you off the air we absolutely should talk about that then bob yeah without a doubt absolutely because i i you know i'm the type of guy who likes to go out there and confront people i'll just say that much and hint hint at that uh movement but uh let's just put it this way i have some ideas of of, of doing some outreach, you know, getting some outreach going on. That's what this entire campaign is going to be all about. That sounds great. So let's uh, let's take a couple more calls. Let's hear from Rahul in Washington. Rahul, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Hey, Mark. Hey, Bob. Good to talk to you. Yo, Rahul. It was good to see you at the conference, dude. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I just want to have I've, a couple things I just want to say about the conference. Um, the people there that I met were absolutely the most intelligent, um, kindest, most loving, most generous people. And every single one of these people is dedicated to truth and goodness and, and ending evil on this planet. And it was just one of the most amazing experiences I had meeting all these people. And my only regret is that I wasn't able to personally talk to everyone. There's so many people there. and It's only three days. But, you know, the people that I was able to talk to... They just blew me away. Um, I totally agree. I mean, I, I couldn't yeah. have said it better. I completely concur. Um, when I was talking to the people, uh, when I was first meeting someone at the conference, like a complete stranger, and I was talking to them for the first time, it really wasn't like a, a first-time meeting. It was It was almost like it was like a reunion between old friends who hadn't seen each other in a long time. Sure. It was like that level of just care and respect towards one another because um, these are the people who, you know, are trying to trying to stop what's happening on this planet. And I mean, it's like it was like meeting your your spiritual family. Really, that's the best way yes. I can put it. Is these are my brothers and sisters, and it was just that's right. You know, one of the best experiences of my entire life. I mean, that's a great testimonial to the energy that this conference brings about. And that's what it's all about. It's about bringing people of that kind of a mindset together with each other so that they can share their ideas and network amongst each other and, you know, build upon the work that they've all done and uh, just uh, share their ideas. And I think on that level, it was a uh, beyond a phenomenal success, and I could not have possibly hoped for anything better. Thanks, Raul. Yes, thank you. Roll, thank you so much for the call. Let's hear from Gary in Pittsburgh. Gary, you're live on What on Earth is Happening with our special <coughs> guest, Bob Tuscan. Welcome. 
Hey, um, I just wanted to share how great the conference was, and uh, I like I like what uh, Raul, Raul had to say. Yes, you know, it wasn't like being about around a bunch of strangers. It was like we, you know, we had this thing, this bond uh, in common, this thing, uh, like mindedness or whatever you want to call it. Everyone I talked to was so kind and courteous. And uh, I happened to uh, mistakenly leave uh, some ounces of silver on the, the uh, table where I had all my DVDs. And I was gone for like an hour and a half and came back, and every one of them were still there. Yeah, and I bet. A, how many Gary, let me, let me interrupt you for a second here. Uh, Gary's yeah. been calling my show for probably years now, and Mark's show as well. And I got to tell you, you know, he's always been a pretty cool dude calling the show, and I've been reading his emails. But when I got to meet Gary this past conference in person, and he came up to me and said, Hey, I'm Gary from Pittsburgh. Calls your show. You, you know me? And I said, Yeah, dude. It sealed the deal for me. These people that we see as numbers on a piece of paper or, or numbers uh, on a computer or just names on a computer screen, these are real people. And Gary That's is right. a genuinely real dude. And, and I love you, Gary. It was great to see you, man. Yeah, thanks, Bob. I just wanted to say I, I've learned so much from you guys. I've been listening to you both since you were on Oracle, and I, you know, I know the story about you two guys, uh, how you, uh, how you brought uh, Mark on to Oracle and then on to RBN, and it, it's, it. I just feel so honored to be in this circle with you guys and 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 all these people that are that have awakened to some truth. And uh, you know, I just got off the phone with Denise. I got one of your I got one of your shirts on, Mark, and everybody was commenting. I'm I'm up at the uh, new moon meeting. We're coming back home right now. Where we where where you, we asked you to speak when you if you can find the uh, the time this sure. year. Sure. Anyway, um, I um was just blown away by all like I was sharing with you and Steve the other night, uh, Bob, about the people that came from all over the world by yep. themselves. Yep. Renee from Switzerland. I don't know if you got if you got to talk to her. Yes. Like I was like, you came here by yourself. She says, Yeah, I think my my husband thinks I'm crazy, so uh, he was glad to get rid of me. And I wanted to be around some like minded people, but um, it was Mark. I was explaining to him. I felt I I, I felt like I was uh, uh, witnessing. You remember that uh, movie, The Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where yes. all these people held. To converge on that mountain. Yes, that's what it seemed like, you know. Without and, a doubt. Uh, like, I mean, it wasn't like people had a lot of money to get there either. They scraped together, like uh, you know, the dude with the guitar, you know, and they got it together and they showed up. And I definitely think we're going to need a bigger venue next time. <laughs> Tell you what, I'm going to bring a busload if I can, uh, because the people that I brought up, and I, I have a pretty big network of people. They're going to. Sh- they're sharing with others now how great it was, you know, and none of them were sorry they came up and they were just uh, blown away by the whole thing. And I, I got to, I got to interview, uh, uh, Springmeyer and Janice. I just got off the phone with Janice a couple hours ago and she was so overwhelmed with, uh, the joy and the love she felt there. And she sold over 60 books and she was, I mean, everybody needs to read that book. I'm buying a case of them off of this week and trying to help her out. But, um, you know, you just want to support everybody that spoke there and everybody, because I know you guys don't get paid. And, you know, 
I do what I can. I have my own activism. I spend a lot of my own money. And, you know, it, it's it's just so rewarding to, to, you know, touch some people and wake them up because, you know, waking people up has become uh, an art form. You really have to uh, be careful how much information you bring. And, you know, these people are all sick. They're spiritually sick. But like you say, Mark, they're, they're mentally ill. A lot of them are mentally ill. When they see the truth, they just they, they don't want to see it. And uh, I really... Uh, I'm really interested in uh, getting involved in that that project you got on uh, going on with the uh, quitting the quitting your cult. Stop following orders. That's um, right. I'm going to put you on DVD and try to pass it pass it around to these police stations and uh, give them a little taste. Sure. I mean that that'll be a big um, you know me- one of the methods that we'll employ. You know, it'll be a whole like I said, it'll be a grassroots groundswell effort. Uh, that's what the whole quit your cult campaign is going to be about. I'll, like I said, I'll probably have a subsection within the website that'll just have, you know, just uh, little things that people can do uh, on a day-to-day basis to try to reach out and infiltrate this cult. That That's what I talked about is needed on our part. We need to infiltrate this cult of order followers. We need to go around them in their everyday lives. Of course, you know, I mean, you could try to confront them while they're on duty, quote unquote, but that's going to be very difficult to reach them when they're in that mindset. We have to talk to these people when they're off duty. We have to talk to them in their personal lives, in 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 the lives of people who we know who are involved. You know, everybody probably knows somebody who's involved in a governmental position or in a position in the military or the police in some capacity or have friends or family members that are involved. We need to deal with them in our personal lives on a one-to-one basis and that's going to be a huge part of this campaign that I'll be launching right I think it's a worthy cause and uh, before I go um, if you're serious about helping recovering addicts um, I'd be glad to help you in any way I can Without a doubt, uh, Gary, we, we need to talk personally off air as well very soon. And uh, there, there are definitely lots of projects I would like to work on with you in that regard. And I would like to come up and speak at that uh, gathering that you told me about. Um, so we should talk off air and, uh, and set up these uh, projects as well. Okay, Mark, you got my card. I, talked, I had a nice talk with Barb, man. She's a super woman. You're very blessed there. Absolutely. Blessed in your corner. Gary, thank um, you so much. Yeah. I'll be calling next week. All right, dude. Take care, man. Gary, Jeez, thanks so much for the call. Here. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm anxious to hear what every single one of these calls have to say. All right, let's uh, move on and hear from Bill in Idaho. Bill, you're live on What on Earth is Happening with our special guest, Bob Tuscan. Bless you all. Thanks so very much for your efforts for the Republic. I Bill, you, you were at the uh, conference? Well, in spirit, of course. I apologize. Oh, okay. I was going to say, how did I miss Bill from Idaho, who's another caller who's been calling in for years now? I just would offer blessings and thanks, but considering that it was only due to Manny at the board, you at the uh, station on the broadcast that uh, caused my video to go international while I was outlining each and every step of either their assault or their... We're coming up to a break. Hold on. We'll be right back, folks. We don't need no education. 
considered members of the cult well I would guess it would depend on just how much they're indoctrinating the children to the governmental belief system versus how much they're trying to get them to think for themselves and actually uh, you know discover things on their own so how about the government school teachers teaching common core can we yeah. safely see that many of them yeah, are cult I, I would say that they lean toward the, the uh, being cult members, or maybe they're ancillary cult members, but uh, I'll reserve a little bit of judgment on, on the teachers in, in this whole thing. I mean, it's a big part of it, don't get me wrong, but I, the people I think we have to target and reach uh, to deprogram from deep mind control and violence is the military and the police, especially the police. I mean, the police are the most brainwashed out of everybody. That, that They are the most deeply uh, put into a cult mindset than anybody else these days. Not that the military isn't, but... Um, you know, uh, what we see going on in police violence and brutality is so unacceptable that I think they're the people that we have to, uh, um, you know, reach with this information more than anyone else. We, we have police in all of our schools across the country nowadays. Unbelievable. And yeah, the schools like look prisons, more like prisons. Our schools, exactly. Yeah, we yeah. said that at the same time, yep. for sure. You want to do a few more calls, Bob? We can squeeze them in. I mean, you're, we're basically out of time this hour. Uh, I don't know if you planned if you on going along over, with them. I, I, we could hold over for another segment or two and, and wrap up the callers from the conference. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, okay. I'm interested to hear what they all have to say. Great. Let's hear from John in California. John, you're live on What on Earth is Happening with Bob Tuscan. Uh, hello, this is Josh in Virginia. Oh, Josh in Virginia. I'm sorry. All right. uh, Sounds I good. Got, got a little bit crossed up there, but no, no worries. Hey, Josh, how are you? Good, no problem. Uh, Mark, I don't know if you remember so many people there. I got you to sign my copy of James Billington's Fire in the Minds of Men. Yes. And, uh, it's a, a appropriate book, in my opinion, because it's on origins of the revolutionary faith, and anyone who uh, hasn't should check it out. It, uh, I mean, any section of that book could take years of study. But um, I just wanted to say the whole weekend... Uh, was just synchronistic in so many ways. The people there were so open and accepting. Uh, uh, I had uh, events happen outside of the conference that were more profound than what I learned in the conference. Sure. That makes sense. I uh, actually ran into two old friends, one who was a really good friend uh, that I haven't seen in probably 10 years, uh, and both are military, and uh, you know the things they were saying were right along with uh, your presentation. And uh, I, I wasn't planning on speaking about this, but when I first found your work, um, I decided to quit my cult. I uh, oh, we got to hear this when we get back, yeah, Mark. Josh, we got to hear this. Hold on through the break, and uh, we'll let you continue on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening. 
right here on Republic Broadcasting. My special guest, Bob Tuscan, main organizer of the Free Your Mind 3 conference. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. My special guest tonight is one of the main organizers of the Free Your Mind 3 conference, Bob Tuscan. And we're taking calls from people who attended law, the Free Your Mind 3 conference. And all toll issues free, that affect the freedom of the people of Toll-free number to join us, 800-313-9443. the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions. Like we're having a problem with the ducking on the bumper music. humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Again, the toll-free number to call to call in to the show to talk with uh, Bob Tuscan, main organizer of Free Your Mind 3, 800-313-9443. We're asking for calls of people from for calls from people who attended the Free Your Mind 3 conference, so we can get their feedback and uh, their suggestions. So uh, let's uh, continue with Josh from Virginia, uh, and he was telling us about how he was uh, formerly in, I believe you said, the military, and you uh, got out of that institution. Uh, no, sir. I uh, met with uh, friends who were in the military. Oh, okay. But I had, a, like I was saying, I had just a small little landscaping job for a, a, a good-sized city. And uh, I was internally conflicted because I was not above the work or even the people I was working with, but I was above the institution I was working for. And one day, uh, was at the end of the day, it was pouring rain. Uh, we couldn't do much. We were all back at the shop. It was about 45 minutes until we were allowed to leave. And there was a bunch of people in a room waiting to leave who could just as easily get up, go out the door, and go see their families, do something productive, not waste taxpayer dollars. And that's exactly what I did. I got up. I, le- I left, went home, uh, went online, and wouldn't you know it, went on uh Richard Groves' website, and there was a video called Natural Law by Mark Passio. And I didn't quit my job that day, but in my mind, I made the decision mentally that I would do it no more. And Mark, you've uplifted me so so much in my thoughts, in my mind, in my actions, in my life. And I thank you for that very much. Well, I appreciate that so much. I'll I'll end on this. Uh, I'll make a deal with you, Mark. Sure. You told me that next conference you hoped that uh you would be signing your own book yes. and if it's out i'll be there with copy in hand God oh it will stuff. definitely be out by the next conference i i, I won't let it go that long <laughs> but uh i'm still working on editing it and uh hopefully it'll be a few more months so josh um 
thank you so much for that call. Yeah, good, good to hear from you, Josh. My book will also be out. It's going to be a, a, a coloring book, um, <laughs> but it's going to be colorful. I can guarantee it. It always is with you, Bob, without any exception ever. <laughs> well, thank you. Let's hear from John in California. John, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Mark, Bob, can you hear me? Absolutely. Yeah, John. It is great to meet you. And I did not go to the Free Your Mind conference. Hang up on this guy. Hang up on <laughs> I wanted to go. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, Mark, I've been dying to talk to you. I just love your work. I mean, it, you have just opened my mind. And I don't even know where to start. So I'd just like to throw a couple questions at you. Sure. You know, I was watching, real quick, I was watching your Demystify series and you started talking about 11.11. Yes. And I had this experience at a university. I went back as an older student and I got thrown out. I got kicked out of all 23 universities because I wrote a story. And I won't get into it, but to make a long story short, I, I know that I'm supposed to write a book about the story and what happened to me. Or I always felt like I was. And I'm listening to your Demystify series and you're talking about 11.11 and I'm like, I never see 11.11. I never see it. So it must mean that this is just some weird thing I'm supposed to move on. I had a Facebook chat with a friend months prior, and I had saved it because I de deleted my Facebook. And I went back, and I'm reading because it's part of the story, and I had fallen asleep for an hour and 38 minutes. 11.11 was all over it. When I was asleep, I had, I had typed. I had sleep typed. I did it at... 949, that's 22, that's 11 and 11. I did it at uh, uh, 110, that's 111. I did it at 11, at 11, 11 p.m. I was asleep, and I woke up, and I hit plus minus 185 times in one minute. Amazing. At 11, 11. I mean, it, and it, I it's, it seemed to be a number that kept coming up uh, around the time of the conference. That and the number 23. You know, and you think about it, 23, I mean, uh, well, let's start with 1111. Uh, you know, uh, as you said in my Demystifying the Occult seminar, I touched on this in the uh, final section of that presentation of that seminar. Uh, by the way, I didn't mention this. Uh, I should have mentioned this during the announcements. My Demystifying the Occult seminar was completed being edited by Richard Grove, who filmed and edited it. And it is now on the whatonearthishappening.com website in the video section, and it is also on my YouTube channel. Uh, this was actually completed the week before the Free Your Mind conference, so I didn't get a chance. Of course, I wasn't on the air last week because I was at the Free Your Mind conference and, uh, you know, didn't get a chance to mention this. So I'm glad you even, uh, you know, uh, helped me to recall that so I could, you know, tell people that that is out and on the website. Um, but um, the number 1111 represents the call of the light worker. In other words, calling people to do the great work, to transform themselves, and then to help to transform other people through the dissemination of knowledge. And, um, you know, that's so powerful that that was a synchronistic number that kept coming up uh, before the conference and during the time of the conference and at the conference even. Um, and the number 23 I kept seeing and still have been seeing, I mean, th th this has been repeatedly actually over and over again, the number 23 in the last uh, month or so for me. 
and that is the uh, number in the occult in in different systems of occultism particularly thelema which means uh, in which it means to get out of mind control to free the mind and it's just so amazing what an amazing synchronicity that the number 23 kept coming up for me around the free your mind conference because that is what the number actually represents in uh, different systems of occult uh, thought uh, you know in uh, numerological terms that's incredible mark i kept seeing six 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 everywhere <laughs> what does that mean does that mean anything <laughs> yeah that means that uh right. you know uh we have a lot of work ahead of us still <laughs> yeah sure does yeah T- thanks john just wait can i no, can yeah, i yeah, sure continue okay so yeah. just real quick I, okay so i i i the local sheriff uses a seven-pointed uh, pentagram. It's upside down. The top point's right. pointed down. Is there any significance to the extra two points compared to the five-pointed pentagram, or is it just the number seven in distortion? Well, um, I believe they use that to represent the septenary, you know, the uh, the seven uh, you know planets, um, the... Uh, uh, seven chakras, etc. You know, uh, I've talked oh. about the importance of the number seven as being like a divine yeah. number. So they're setting oh, themselves up in the sense of w- we are the gods, we are divinity. You know, uh, you know, uh, we are the the spiritual essence that runs through everything. And they're none of those things, but in proxy, symbolically, they're trying to represent that. Not only represent it, but then turn it upside down. You know, that's why that seven pointed star is always inverted in police uh, regalia. So it's all, it's all uh, dark occult symbolism, of course. That all of their regalia and symbolism is just dripping with dark occultism, as always, because that's who owns them. The dark occult owns the police and military. Well, is the courthouse? You know, I went in the courthouse, and there's the there's the compass in the square. I mean, it's just you know they're dressed in black. Is is one is is the, the black robes a symbol of Saturn it and is. is Saturn the dark is Saturn the dark the 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 dark sun? A lot of uh, dark occultists see it as such, uh, possibly as a failed star of some kind, or you know, uh, just uh, being the base chakra, representative of the base chakra of the solar system, which is about base consciousness and control. Uh, Saturn is known uh, in astrology as the the planet of discipline and control. It's it's the disciplinarian energy, uh, and they see themselves as that. They see themselves as you know, we are the law. We are the the one who are going to control the actions of other people and you know it, it is a saturnian cult without a doubt um the 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 black robes the the um uh the rituals that are basically performed in court it's all part of a saturnalian cult without any question in my mind all right one more thing and i don't i don't want to keep you too long i know you've got other colors have you ever heard of negative pleasure no Okay, how much of this stuff that you, you know, the, the dumbing down and the people, I mean, the God, they spray out here, man, and nobody notices it. Oh, sure. Right it was a huge their- spray day here in Philadelphia today. Ridiculous. It's yeah. just like, how can you not, how can news trucks not be crashing into each other trying to cover this story? Right. But basically, you know, the story that I wrote was about negative pleasure. When we're young, we're abused, we attach pleasure to the abuse event, we shut down emotionally, and we grow up, it comes out in, in different forms you know, as projections. And, and so basically we, we, we get, we, we have to hurt not to feel. And when you look at the seven, 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 and they, they, the, the one that I see, they remove the most is the emotion, you know, we're popping True. pills, 
we're, we're not feeling, man. We're not feeling. And I've done some personal work. I've been in the fetal position when I sobered up and I, oh my God, it hurts. But that's what I want to write about. And so I, I'm just curious to know if, if you've ever heard of the term and how much of it you think, you know, correlates. Because I see a lot of correlations between negative pleasure and, you know, the 777, specifically the, the seven that represents emotion. Yeah, I'm not as familiar with this concept. I'll have to look it up and uh, do some research on it and perhaps, you know, talk about it a little bit in the future. Yeah, I would like to talk to you again. I'll let you go. I appreciate you taking the time, uh, but I sure would like to talk again. Absolutely. Uh, I'll just call back in. John, thank you so oh. much for your insights. All right, Mark. Thanks, Mike. Let's hear from Ivan in Phoenix. Ivan, you're live on What on Earth is Happening with our special guest, Bob Tuscan. Ivan, are you with us? Yeah. There he is. Ivan, did we meet at the Free Your Mind conference <laughs> by chance? I don't know, because um, I, I don't know if you if I have posted something on Facebook that I showed up in Philly on a Thursday for some conference, and I blinked, and next thing I know, I was getting off a plane on Monday in Phoenix. <laughs> so, so we did meet or we didn't meet? I'm confused here. I don't know. Maybe it was a dream. Yeah, we met. We it met. did go by like a blur, didn't it, Ivan? So fast. Yeah. Yeah. It, it made me think of uh, what David Icke has talked about. You know how when something's dreadful and painful, it takes forever. And when you're like around a beautiful woman, how it goes by quick. Well, this whole weekend, that it was just so full of goodness and so much uh, of everything that... It was like a hundredfold. It went by, you know, like, like a blink of the eye. You know, time flies when you're having fun. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I initially I showed up to, uh, as just a, you know, observer for the first conference and ended up helping you guys. And the same thing with this one, with the intention to help you guys. But I, I don't know how anybody can take it all in because even just as a spectator or, or somebody just there to get the conferences, the meet and greets, to talk to each uh, speaker or to network with the other attendees. I mean, right. there's just so much going on that, that it, it's just overwhelming altogether all from the get-go. It definitely can be overwhelming, especially when you're like one person that uh, a lot of people are, you know, uh, running things by and, you know, uh, throwing information at and, you know, talking to and, you know, sharing insights with. And it's like trying to remember people's names and faces. And, you know, when, when you're just one individual trying to do that with a whole lot of people, it can definitely sure. be overwhelming for sure. But, um, you know, I think especially I tried to, got... Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry Bob, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to make a smart-ass remark. I was going to say, especially got tiresome when everybody kept coming up to me saying, what happened to your hair? <laughs> um, to me, that was one of the, <laughs> the most bur largest burdens of the Bob conference. Cut but that's his okay. signature long hair and has a different look now, so that, that was one of the first things people remarked on when, when they were meeting you, right? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I didn't recognize him. I picked you up at the airport, and uh, you had to flag me down. I didn't know who the heck you were. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, I, I think it's just I tried to just pace myself and uh, just deal with people individually, one-on-one, -on -one, and try to be fully present as much as possible. That was my quote-unquote game plan for the conference, and I think, you know, it went pretty well. And, uh, you know, the energy that uh, I felt was was a very high level and, and balanced and just, um, 
you know, it, it just spoke to the 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 um, high level of consciousness of all the people there. Uh, I just wish we could see that extended so much more in society in general. You know, Barb and I were talking and saying if you know we could uh, help to foster this level of consciousness if throughout society on an everyday day-to-day basis i mean the problems of the world would go away so quickly and you know we would become a type one civilization overnight practically well, well mark I, i'm here to announce for the first time ever from the makers of the freer mind conference <laughs> and what on earth is happening in the bob tuscan show we will be you're already laughing i haven't even said, <laughs> I haven't even said what i was going to say yet uh we will be starting the first ever freer mind city <laughs> um, it's going to be uh, a collective, uh, if you will, of, of all these individuals. And we're just going to move into uh, either Mark's backyard, if he can fit us all, or you know, somewhere. I don't know where we'll go, but we'll have to have a Free Your Mind compound in- somewhere. A Free Your Mind intentional community, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I dig it. I mean, ultimately, those are typically, you know, they end up being kind of a shoddy experience and dysfunctional, but... Heck, if we could live in a in an autonomous, you know, sovereign community, if you will, right? I think that would be awesome. With the kind of people that were there, I'll bet you we could make it work because those people were definitely, like I said, of a higher order of intelligence, without a doubt. Yeah, and they and they had some good grass too, man. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Hey, you, you guys just touched on a whole bunch of stuff there. Um, Bob, you posted something on Facebook that you and John uh, asked uh, some of the hotel workers and, and stuff uh, what they thought of the uh, attendees, and that all all you got back was positive, you know, uh, responses that you know everybody was friendly and uh, appreciative, and you know, totally different from what you would think of sure. crazy conspiracy theorists, you know. Well, Ivan, I I want to bring something up here, and we have a lot of callers, so I don't mean to take away from going right back to the phones here, but. I got to share this and talk about synchronicity. All right. Somebody who worked at the hotel with us, and I hope this is okay for me to say this, Mark, but somebody that worked at the hotel who was a part of their planning department, I'll just say that. Um, he, the, that very day we came into town, was. Um, was given some bad news, and I and I saw him, and I said, you know, this is a guy I had been planning the conference with uh, at the hotel for months now, and I said, I won't mention his name, but what's going on with you, man? Everything okay? I just kind of could sense something was up with the dude. Mm-hmm. Turns out he had been given the uh, the diagnosis that day that he had cancer. Wow, pretty bad cancer. And I said, dude, this is your lucky freaking day that our conference happened to be at the same time because guess what dude rick simpson oil b17 laetril soursop gerson therapy and the list goes on and on and i hope we save this guy's life ladies and gentlemen you're listening to what on earth is happening with our special guest bob tuscan stay with us we'll be right back You know the day destroys the night, night divides the day. Try to run, try to hide, break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side, break on through to the other side, yeah. 
Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Bob Tuscan, main organizer from the Free Your Mind 3 conference, is our special guest this evening. He's going to stay with us for this one more segment, and we're going to just try to blast through some calls from uh, attendees of Free Your Mind 3. Let's hear from Dave in Nevada. Dave, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Mark, uh, lose, Dave? The, the list I'm looking at has... Chris from Des Moines, right, Debbie let, from let's move on to Chris. Jason. Let's move on to Chris from Des Moines, Iowa. Hi, Chris. Is, is this Mark Massio and Todd Buskin? Yes, it is. Uh, it's actually uh, Bob Forskin, but you can call me whatever you want. That's fine. <laughs> I was not at your conference, and if you want to put me, I got some pretty real... hang up on this guy, things. too. All right. But if you want me to, I can hold on. No, go, go ahead. You can make a comment. Okay. Well, you know, I woke up in 2008, and and I've always I I, I create abundance, and I, I've built things with my hand. That's my job. I have you know backyard chickens. I have 50 chickens and quail and earthworms, and I'm getting ready to raise fish. I've built a rocket. I am I create abundance, and I love it. It's the best thing that that I can do to help people. It's awesome. And I live in Des Moines, Iowa. And we got this phenomenon going on right now with all this. All these uh, rule followers and rule makers coming into town for this new with this election coming up, and then the Iowa State Fair, and it is this the statism on parade, and it just was it's a great. I mean, there is so many asleep people walking out there, and it's it's just the big cult. It's it's the it's the big cult that we have to work right. toward infiltrating and helping people to to quit you know that that's what this is all ultimately about well, bob your your talk was all about creating abundance in people's lives and get out getting out of this artificial scarcity based mind control yeah that's exactly right uh, scarcity is a major tool of manipulation and it's done in many ways shapes and forms uh, so you're definitely going to have to learn a little bit more about my breakdown of scarcity-based mind control and the uh, the subtitle of my talk, which was the liberation of the mind, body, and spirit, which in, in many ways is brought to you in abundance. Thanks for the call, Chris. Chris, thank you. Let's hear from Debbie in Connecticut. You're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Uh, good evening. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. I'm much better now that I'm talking to you. So, Debbie, what did you think of Free Your Mind 3? I, um, I have not listened to your radio station for a long time. But right now, I am listening to it consistently. And it makes so much sense to me. Well, that's great. Awesome. I mean, that's what it's um, all about, is making sense of what we're going through in the world together. Absolutely. And I I just got back from a cruise from the Bahamas. My daughter paid for it. It was for my 60th birthday. And, um, you know, I met people from all strengths and walks of life. But, you know, the evilness 
that I'm seeing right now. It's outrageous. It's widespread. It's everywhere. The corruption, you know, the order followers, you know, people who just uh, basically think that they're in control and own other people. You know, that's what we're dedicated to helping people to understand is wrong and stopping it in, you know, whatever way we can. Certainly trying to reach their minds, trying to reach their souls. That's what the great work is ultimately all about. You know, that was a huge part of uh, what many people touched on at Free Your Mind 3. And specifically, that's what my uh, campaign that I'm going to be launching on the whatonearthishappening.com website, Quit Your Cult, is going to be all about. Yeah, well... It absolutely hurts me. I mean, it infiltrates me. True. And it stabs me in the heart. It really does. I love my Lord. And I love the beauty of Him. And everywhere I turn, it seems like I'm being so attacked. Yeah. It's uh, it's a difficult time period that we're all going through. And Debbie, I will say to you, you know, stick with the information. Knowledge is the great transformer of people's lives. And, uh, you know, just stay with it and try to stay strong and try to communicate what you've learned to other people as much as you're able. I want to thank you so much for the call. Bob, let's try to squeeze one last call in here. Let's hear from Eddie in Connecticut. Eddie, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. We lost Eddie. Okay. Uh, Let's hear let's from go to Jason, Jason in Oregon. Yeah. Jason, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Uh, we it doesn't look like we're going to have time. Bob, I want to thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing uh, what we all experienced at Free Your Mind 3, which was a, an event like no other. You're the man, Mark. It's out, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, Free Your Mind 3's main organizer, Bob Tuscan. We'll be right back after these words. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on RPN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. I want to thank Bob Tuscan for coming on Uh, for the first half of the show this evening. The main organizer of the Free Your Mind 3 conference, he did an absolutely outstanding job along with his co-organizer, John G. Vibes. Uh, I cannot have, could could not have possibly asked for a better uh, turnout and a better um, uh, organization of this event. I feel I've put it into uh, the hands of the right people and uh, they're doing just a brilliant job with it. And um, Free Your Mind 3 was an absolute testimonial to that. Uh, again, it was a humbling experience. The uh, people that showed up, who I interacted with and talked with over the weekend, were just um, uh, so supportive and so generous. Um, you know, there are no words to really describe the whole experience. Again, uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody that made it happen and thank you to everybody that was a part of it uh, in person. So um, I want to uh, tell people who are holding on the phone lines, um, I may get to some calls later in the show, but I do want to do something that I talked about a couple of weeks ago. 
a couple of weeks ago, I was going into the psychological reasons that people fear rebellion against tyranny in general. And uh, we read a couple of uh, good uh, essays on that. And as part of that, I had read a, a, a segment, an excerpt, from a paper that was written by Thomas Paine uh, back in 1776, the year that the American Revolution began. And I told people I was going to read this entire paper on the air, and I think uh, now is a good time to do that, especially as we're on the eve of the anniversary of the American Revolution, and actually we will be going into it, at least here on the East Coast, uh, at midnight. April 19th um, of 1775 is when the Battle of Lexington Green occurred, you know, and those were the opening shots of the American Revolution, the so-called shot heard round the world. So um, this paper that uh, Thomas Paine wrote, it was a series of essays that he distributed throughout the colonies, but particularly here in Pennsylvania was written on December 23rd, 1776, uh, issue number one of of the series that Thomas Paine titled The Crisis. Uh, Many people may uh, refer to it as the American Crisis, as it later became called, but um, it's simply referred to as The Crisis, and I will post it with this podcast. I believe this will be podcast number 191. We'll be uh, moving toward uh, the uh, uh, 200th anniversary edition uh, shortly, um, soon enough. So uh, what I want to do, I think, for the remainder of this episode is I want to read in its entirety the first edition of The Crisis by Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine is, of course, the most marginalized of the Founding Fathers. He's my favorite of the Founding Fathers. I think he was the most enlightened of all the Founding Fathers. And um, he's marginalized because he was, he, because he was so enlightened. And the powers that shouldn't be in our world today, who are, you know, rewriting and controlling, uh, you know, the uh, communication of historical events through uh, the control of textbooks and um, the control of uh, information to the extent that they can control it. They don't want people to know about Thomas Paine. You know, he, he's, he's a thorn in their side, so to speak, because he was anti all forms of mental control. You know, he was waking people up from the mind control of his day. And, um, you know, he did this as a communicator. He was a great communicator, as you'll see when I read this paper. Um, and it's just um, uh, really sad to see how marginalized he is in the modern day, especially in education, because so many people could learn so much from reading Thomas Paine's work. I highly recommend it, and you know, if you do, you'll recognize that he was a man living way out of his time, um, who was way ahead of his time in his mindset. So this is the paper called The Crisis. It's issue number one, December 23rd, 1776, and this is by Thomas Paine. Here we go. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. 
yet we have this consolation with us that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods, and it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. Britain, with an army to enforce her tyranny, has declared that she has a right not only to tax, but to bind us in all cases whatsoever. And if being bound in that manner is not slavery, then there is then 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 is there not such a thing as slavery upon earth even the expression is impious for so unlimited a power can belong only to god whether the independence of the continent was declared too soon or delayed too long i will not now enter into as an argument my own simple opinion is that had it been eight months earlier, it would have been much better. We did not make proper use of last winter, neither could we, while we were in a dependent state. However, the fault, if it were one, was all our own. We have none to blame but ourselves. But no great deal is lost yet. All that Hal has been doing for this past month is rather a ravage than a conquest which the spirit of the Jerseys a year ago would have quickly repulsed, and which, time and, a, and which time and a little resolution will soon recover. I have as little superstition in me as any man living, but my secret opinion has ever been, and still is, that God Almighty will not give up a people to military destruction or leave them unsupportedly to perish who have so earnestly and so repeatedly sought to avoid the calamities of war by every decent method which wisdom could invent. Neither have I so much of the infidel in me as to suppose that he has relinquished the government of the world and given us up to the care of devils. And as I do not, I cannot see on what grounds the King of Britain can look up to heaven for help against us. A common murderer, a highwayman, or a housebreaker has as good a pretense as he. Tis surprising to see how rapidly a panic will sometimes run through a country. All nations and ages have been subject to them. Britain has trembled like an og at the at the report of a French fleet of flat-bottomed boats, and in the 14th century, the whole English army, after ravaging the kingdom of France, was driven back like men petrified with fear. And this brave exploit was performed by a few broken forces, collected and headed by a woman, Joan of Arc. Would that heaven might inspire some Jersey maid to spirit up her countrymen and save her fair fair fellow sufferers from ravage and ravishment. Yet panics in some cases have their uses. They produce as much good as hurt. Their duration is always short. The mind soon grows through them and acquires a firmer habit than before. But their peculiar 
peculiar advantage is that they are the touchstones of sincerity and hypocrisy and bring things and men to light which might otherwise have lain forever undiscovered. In fact, they have the same effect on secret traitors, which an imaginary apparition would have upon a private murderer. They sift out the hidden thoughts of man and hold them up in public to the world. Many a disguised Tory has lately shown his head that shall penitentially solemnize with curses the day on which Hal arrived upon the Delaware. So uh, I'm just going to break there for a moment. I'm ta- what Payne is talking about is, you know, that the American Revolution is uh, has basically begun, and it's not really going as well as the colonists had hoped because there's a lot of support from a lot of the colonists in the form of Tories, which he's going to get into. And he's going to explain, you know, that, you know, because of the support in the middle colonies of these Tories, these supporters of the crown, what we would call status today or supporters of slavery in any age, um, that's why the English decide, the, the British decided to uh, attack the middle colonies to make that the seat of their war as opposed uh, to the northeast colonies. Uh, you know, around Massachusetts because there was very little support from them there because of the kind of uh, tyranny that they had already enacted upon uh, the uh, New England colonies. So continuing with Payne's words in the crisis. As I was with the troops at Fort Lee and marched with them to the edge of Pennsylvania, I am well acquainted with many circumstances which those who live at a distance know but little or nothing of. Our situation there was exceedingly cramped, the place being a narrow neck of land between the North River and the Hackensack. Our force was inconsiderable, being not one-fourth so great as Hal could bring against us. We had no army at hand to have relieved the garrison, had we shut ourselves up and stood on our defense. Our ammunition, light artillery, and the best parts of our stores had been removed, on the apprehension that Hal would endeavor to penetrate the Jerseys, in which case Fort Lee could be of no use to us. For it must occur to every thinking man, whether in the army or not, that these kind of field forts are only for temporary purposes, and last in, new, and last in use no longer than the enemy directs his force against the particular object which such force, forts are raised to defend." Such was our situation and condition at Fort Lee on the morning of the 20th of November, when an officer arrived with information that the enemy, with 200 boats, had landed about seven miles above. Major General Nathaniel Green, who commands the garrison, immediately ordered them under arms and sent express to General Washington at the town of Hackensack, distant by the way of ferry six miles. Our first object was to secure the bridge over the Hackensack, which laid up the river between the enemy and us, about six miles from us and three from them. General Washington arrived in about three quarters of an hour and marched at the head of the troops toward the bridge, which place I I expected we should have a brush for. However, they did not choose to dispute it with us, 
and the greatest part of our troops went over the bridge, the rest over the ferry, except some which passed at a mill on a small creek between the, bar between the bridge and the ferry, and made their way through some marshy grounds up to the town of Hackensack, and there passed the river. We brought off as much baggage as the wagons could contain. The rest was lost. The simple object was to bring off the garrison and march them on till they could be strengthened by the Jersey or Pennsylvania militia, so as to be enabled to make a stand. We stayed four days at Newark, collected our outposts with some of the Jersey militia, and marched out twice to meet the enemy. On being informed that they were advancing, though our numbers were greatly inferior to theirs. Howe, in my little opinion, committed a great error in generalship in not throwing a body of forces off from Staten Island through Amboy, by which means he might have seized all our stores at Brunswick and intercepted our march into Pennsylvania. But if we believe the power of hell to be limited, we must likewise believe that their agents are under some providential control. And I want to stop there for a moment as well. What Payne is saying there is that because of the colonists who were fighting the Revolutionary War against the British were on the side of freedom and were fighting against tyranny, that providence was at their back. This is the idea that if you're doing the great work, the universe will actually assist you. It will come to your aid, you know, and he's saying if these were agents of hell, they're under the control of providence as well. And the force of providence or God is working against them just the way it is, was at the back of the revolutionaries. You know, people think a lot, you know, in, in all, in all war, oh, everybody thinks God is on their side, quote unquote. But I think what Thomas Paine is saying here in this section of the crisis, paper number one, is very true. Providential forces do come to the assistance of those who are fighting on the side of the true will and of true freedom. So I think that it's just incredibly powerful, his statement there, and I'll continue with the paper now. I shall not attempt to give all the particulars of our retreat to the Delaware, Suffice it for the present to say that both officers and men, though greatly harassed and fatigued, frequently, frequently without rest, covering, or provision, the inevitable consequences of a long retreat bore it with a manly and martial spirit. All their wishes centered in one which was that the country would turn out and help them to drive the enemy back. Voltaire has remarked that King William never appeared to full advantage, but in difficulties and in action. The same remark may be made on General Washington, for the character fits him. There is a natural firmness in some minds which cannot be unlocked by trifles, but which, when unlocked, discover, discovers a cabinet of fortitude. And I reckon it among these kinds of public blessings, which we do not immediately see, that God hath blessed him with uninterrupted health and given him a mind that can even flourish upon care. I shall conclude this paper with some miscellaneous remarks on the state of our affairs, and I shall begin with asking the following question. 
Why is it that the enemy have left the New England provinces and have made these middle ones the seat of war? And I'll pause right there and we'll pick up that on the other side of this break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on RBN. We'll be right back. Stay with us. What on Earth is Happening, right here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio, my website, whatonearthishappening.com. In the second half of the show tonight, I'm reading the enti- in its entirety the first paper of the Crisis series by Thomas Paine, which he wrote in 1776. This is Crisis number one which was written December 23rd, 1776, um, and you know uh, he continued them into 1777. This first paper was actually read to Washington's troops at Valley Forge. That's how inspirational Washington considered Thomas Paine's writings. And uh, I just want to say, you know, as you know, we're getting ready to cross into midnight here on the East Coast. Uh, We'll be going into April 19th, which is the anniversary of the beginning of the American Revolutionary War. April 19th, 1775 was the Battle of Lexington. Then, of course, it was followed by the Battle of Concord. (coughs) And I want to reiterate, this is also a high time to watch for false flag events because we are in what is known as the occult season of sacrifice, a 40-day period from March 19th to May 1st in which dark occultists look at it as a prime time for bloodletting rituals and mass human sacrifice events. You'll see repeatedly events have happened over and over again in this time period, the Oklahoma City bombing, um, the uh, Columbine school shootings. Um, you know, it, the examples go on and on and on. You know, I did an entire show about this. Uh, you could check it out in the archives on the podcast section of my website. Uh, the day after that, they also favor Hitler's birthday, April 20th, you know, for obvious reasons. So these next two days... Sunday, April 19th, and Monday, April 20th, people out there should be exceptionally vigilant. We should really keep our eyes open and watch for false flag events, and if anything does occur, I mean, scream it from the mountaintops that it was a false flag, okay? Because governments are looking to do events on these days that put people into deep fear so that they can justify their draconian agendas, so if anything happens, you can guarantee it was a false flag government-sponsored terrorist event, and it was not done by who they claim it was done by. So please be very vigilant over these next couple of days. Not saying that to, inspi- to, 
you know, foster fear in anyone, just making people aware that this is a time period in which false flags have been done before. And, you know, they stick to their guns and to their strategies. They don't want to diverge from the strategies that have worked for them, these psychopaths. So, you know, until people figure out the strategy, until they figure out the pattern, these people are going to keep using it because it's worked up to this point. So, um, with that being said, you know, I think it's it's just highly appropriate that this would be done on this day. And I didn't try to plan it like that, folks. It's like synchronicities keep coming up over and over like this. And, uh, you know, it just kind of worked out that today was April 18th going into the 19th. And it just happened that I had promised a couple of weeks back that I was going to read this paper, you know, about the uh, opening volleys of the American Revolution as written, as recounted by Thomas Paine. Uh, and here we are on the eve of the uh, opening shots of the American Revolution. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll continue this great paper on the other side of this break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. Welcome. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. This show will discuss the topics of human consciousness, mind control, natural law, the occult, and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of Earth. What on Earth is Happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. We're into the third hour of the broadcast for this evening. And um, I want to give the call-in number once again, because uh, after I conclude reading this, uh, this paper, The Crisis uh, Number 1 from Thomas Paine, uh, I will be going back to the phone. So the toll-free number to join us is 800-313-9443. Once again, toll-free, 800 800- 313-9443. I would like to hear your thoughts on the Free Your Mind 3 conference. If you attended, uh, I'll still take callers who attended the conference. Um, I would like to hear uh, anyone's take on my recent series on the Second Amendment, uh, on my Demystifying the Occult seminar, if you want to make comments or, or, or uh, have ask any questions regarding that. Um, I would like to hear people's take on uh, my show a couple of weeks ago or um, anything you know regarding it uh, uh, related to the psychological fear of rebellion against tyranny. 
why people seem to fear that so much, especially in the modern day, or think that it's somehow not something that we should even entertain, you know, as a notion, and why there's that deeply ingrained fear, you know. So these are the topics, of course, that I'd like to hear, but, uh, you know, there's no taboo topics ever. So, um, you know, I I won't limit it to just those things, but there are just some suggestions on what people might want to call in and, and discuss. Let me go back to the paper by Thomas Paine, The Crisis, number one, December 23rd, 1776. There's an entire series of these papers. Um, which uh, Payne wrote and distributed throughout the colonies during the American Revolution. Um, We kind of finished the first half of the paper. Now he's moving into the second half where he's going to comment on what he thinks is really going on, his take on what's going on during the uh, very early stages of the American Revolution. So continuing... I shall conclude this paper with some miscellaneous remarks on the state of our affairs, and shall begin with asking the following question. Why is it that the enemy have left the New England provinces and have made these middle ones the seat of war? The answer is easy. New England is not infested with Tories, and we are. I have been tender in raising the cry against these men, and used numberless arguments to show them their danger, but it will not do to sacrifice a word either to their folly or their baseness. The period is now arrived in which either they or we must change our sentiments, or one or both must fall. And what is a Tory? Good God, what is he? I should not be afraid to go with a hundred Whigs against a thousand Tories, were they to attempt to get into arms. Every Tory is a coward. For servile, slavish, self-interested fear is the foundation of Toryism. And a man under such influence, though he may be cruel, never can be brave. And I'm going to stop there for a moment and comment because this section is so powerful and so important to understand deeply. And this was a big, big part of my talk at the Free Your Mind 3 conference where I made blanket statements about order followers. One of the sections of my presentation was called true blanket statements regarding order followers in which I made three general overall blanket statements regarding all order followers in the history of humanity, no matter what time period. And I made the claim, not even the claim, the statement of fact that this is eternal truth. It is not my opinion. It is actually the way things are in nature, in reality. All Order followers are bad people. 100% all. If you are following someone else's orders, you are a bad human being. I don't care what the order is. Two, there is no such thing as an order follower who is truly intelligent. An order follower does not have true intelligence. When an, when an order follower develops true intelligence, they quit being an order follower. 
No such thing as a, a truly intelligent being that continues being an order follower. And I'm talking about ho true holistic intelligence, not left brain intellect only. Because true holistic intelligence incorporates the heart. It incorporates true care. And an order follower doesn't have that. And three, every order follower in the history of the world, in the history of humanity, was, is now, and until they quit being an order follower, will remain a coward. All order followers are cowards. So to reiterate that little section of my presentation and relate it to what Thomas Paine is saying here, every order follower is a bad human being. Every order follower is not non-intelligent. They do not ha they have not developed true holistic intelligence. They are not an intelligent being. And every order follower is a coward because at the deepest level of their being, they will not do one thing. They will not say no to evil. They will not say no to the person who is the person or group of people that is controlling their minds. And the refusal to say no to evil is willful complicity with it. And I don't care who that offends, get as offended as you like. Those statements are eternally, eternally true. They are eternal truth. They are not my opinion on the matter. They are the reality of the matter. And that's very, very hard for a lot of people to hear, most people to hear, in fact. And there are people I know that attended the Free Your Mind conference that insist that it isn't that way. Well, tough is my answer to that. You know, you need to get your ego out of the way and recognize truth, boys and girls, if you don't understand that those statements are eternal, eternally true. Eternal truth. You're never going to make them untrue by how much you don't want to accept them. And I think I did a pretty decent job at, you know, hammering on those points and making it very clear that no amount of getting offended or not wanting it to be that way will ever make those statements untrue. And this is what Thomas Paine is saying here. He's not saying some Tories are cowards. He's using the qualifier every, every single one, 100% of them, blanket statement that is 100% absolutely true. Every Tory is a coward. You could replace this today in the modern world. Every statist is a coward. Every order follower is a coward. Every believer in government and supporter of government is ultimately at the core of their being a coward. The Tories were the supporters of the king who thought he was a god. You know, the people who wanted to remain loyalists to the crown. They didn't want the colonies to break away and saw that as blasphemy against their god, the almighty king of England. I mean, please. I mean, how could anybody not see that as a bootlicking coward? I'm going to have a shirt made just for myself that says on it, every Tory is a coward. You know, not, not that that'll be even understood by the zombies walking around, you know, on the street these days because they have no historical framework whatsoever to even know what a Tory is. But maybe some people, 
you know, for some, it might be a conversation starter. It's just the, the general statement that it makes. Maybe I'll make another one that says every statist is a coward. You know, then maybe you might get a little bit more understanding and more conversations going. But my point here is this statement is eternal truth. It's a blanket statement that Payne is making here. And it's true. It's a true blanket statement. You know, he, he risked upsetting people by saying that. He was trying to explain to them. He tried to make numberless arguments to show the Tories their danger. How the crown didn't give a damn about them. Didn't care about them. Was using them. He said, you know, it, it, it ultimately did no good because they were in folly and baseness. They were in total ignorance and folly and they had just base instincts operating. All they cared about was themselves. They thought that they were going to get over. They thought that they were going to be the ones who were going to benefit, you know, if the crown uh, reigned victorious. Same thing happens to all boot-licking order followers and cowards and Tories and status. They get used up and they get thrown away when they're done being used up. You know, go look up the Night of, Night of the Long Knives and see how the SA in Hitler's Germany were used up and thrown away and then massacred, you know, because they brought the new guard in place of the regime, the SS. It's all they're going to do to any of the people to try to help them bring in their agenda. You know, they'll be the first people to go because they were stupid enough to follow orders. So anyway, that's just my little comment on that section, my little rant in that section. But let's continue with The Crisis by Thomas Paine. But before the line of irrecoverable separation be drawn between us, let us reason the matter together. Your conduct is an invitation to the enemy. And he's addressing the Tories here. Yet not one in a thousand of you has the heart to join him. In other words, the Tories didn't fight with the British. You know, they stood back and did nothing because they were cowards. They just were, you know, hoping that the British would win and they would continue to live under the crown, under the crown's rule. Continuing. How is as much deceived by you as the American cause is injured by you? He expects you will all take up arms and flock to his standard with muskets on your shoulders. Your opinions of are, are of no use to him unless you support him personally, for tis soldiers and not Tories that he wants. I once felt all that kind of anger which a man ought to feel against the mean principles that are held by the Tories. A noted one who kept a tavern at Amboy was standing at his door with as petty a child in his hand, about eight or nine years old as I ever saw, and after speaking his mind as freely as he thought was prudent, finished with this unfatherly expression, Well, give me peace in my day. Not a man lives on the continent but fully believes that a separation must sometime or another finally take place, and a generous parent should have said, if there be trouble, let it be in my day, that my child may have peace. 
and this single reflection well applied is sufficient to awaken every man to duty. I mean, just unbelievable. I want to pause there for a moment as well. Just unbelievable words here spoken by pain, written by pain. Saying that he saw a Tory with a child with him at his doorstep and he said, Oh, I want, I, give me peace in my day. Give me peace any day over, over, over this conflict. And what Payne is saying here that a real patriot, you know, a real parent who cared about their child would say, if there must be trouble, let it be in my day, not in my child's day. Let it be in my day that my child can have peace in the future. Let the trouble be here and now when I'm older and my child is young so that he can grow up in a better world. That's what a real parent would, would say. Not run away from conflict like a coward does. Not a place, uh, continuing with the essay, not a place upon the earth might be so happy as America. Her situation is remote from all the wrangling world and she has nothing to do but trade with them. Again, this was one of the big founding principles of the founding fathers. You know, trade with all nations, but entangling alliances with none. Don't get into their wars of, of aggression, you know. Trade with all people, but don't create entangling alliances with other nations where then you're going to go into debt and you're going to go into their conflicts. Continuing. A man can distinguish himself between temper and principle. And I am as confident as I am that God governs the world, that America will never be happy till she gets clear of foreign dominion. Wars without ceasing will break out till that period arrives, and the continent must in the end be conqueror. For though the flame of liberty may sometimes cease to shine, the coal can never expire." America did not, nor does not, want force, but she wanted a proper application of that force. Wisdom is not the purchase of a day, and it is no wonder that we should err at the first setting off. From an excess of tenderness, we were unable to raise an army, and trusted our cause to the temporary defense of a well-meaning militia. A summer's experience has now taught us better. Yet with those troops, while they were collected, were able to set bounds to the progress of the enemy, and thank God they are again assembling. I will always consider militia as the best troops in the world for a sudden exertion, but they will not do for a long campaign. So here he's talking about the difference between a militia and an army that needed to be raised to actually fight the British with discipline because they were some of the most disciplined troops or the most disciplined troops in the world at the time. And, you know, that's why the founders set up provisions for raising a standing army in the event of a crisis like this, like an attack like this, on this magnitude, but then it would be dissolved afterward. So, um, you know, he's talking about that, you know, they kind of waited too long to do this and that they, you know, were unwilling to raise an army. You know, they, they wanted to let reason prevail, but they realized they were up against an enemy that was not going to allow that to happen. 
We'll continue this brilliant paper by Thomas Paine on the other side of this break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. Listening to What on Earth is Happening. You're on Republic Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. I'm going to jump right back into The Crisis Number One by Thomas Paine. Here we go. I always considered militia as the best troops in the world for a sudden exertion, but they will not do for a long campaign. How it is probable, will make an attempt on this city, and he's referring to Philadelphia where he's writing the paper at. Should he fail on this side of the Delaware, he is ruined. If he, succeed, if he succeeds, our cause is not ruined. He stakes all on his side against a part on ours. Admitting he succeeds, the consequences will be that armies from both ends of the continent will march to assist their suffering friends in the middle states. For he cannot go everywhere, it is impossible. I consider Howe as the greatest enemy the Tories have. He is bringing a war into their country, which, had it not been for him and partly for themselves, they had been clear of. Should he now be expelled, I wish with all the devotion of a Christian that the names of Whig and Tory may never more be mentioned. But should the Tories give him encouragement to come, or assistance if he come, I as sincerely wish that our next year's arms may expel them from the continent and the Congress appropriate their possessions to the relief of those who have suffered in well-doing. So Payne was for putting the Tories out of America because if they helped the, the, the British win uh, the war. Uh, some people wanted to put the Tories out of America even when the colonists won the Revolutionary War. And, you know, it's something to think about. I always go back to the, the point I've made many times that I think one of the reasons that the Revolutionary War failed long term, and perhaps the American experiment may have failed long term, remains to be seen, is because we didn't put the Tories out of America. And we allowed them to just stay here, uh, even though they didn't lift a finger to help secure freedom here, didn't lift a finger to beat back the progress of tyranny in this land and you know people here just let them stay because they didn't have the heart to put them out of the country the Tories in my opinion never had any business or right to stay in, in a place that they didn't didn't give a damn about the other people or their freedom you know 
They were just as complicit as those British soldiers in trying to take people's freedom away with their mindset. And the status of today are no different than the Tories of then. So going back to this paper, um, let's see where I left off. Should the Tories give him encouragement to come or assistance if he come, I as sincerely wish that our next year's arms may expel them from the continent and that Congress appropriate their possessions to the relief of those who have suffered in well-doing. A single successful battle next year will settle the whole. America could carry on a two years war by the confiscation of the property of disaffected persons and be made happy by their expulsion. Say not that this is revenge, call it rather the soft resentment of a suffering people who having no object in view but the good of all have staked their own all upon a seemingly doubtful event. Yet it is folly to argue against determined hardness. Eloquence may strike the ear and the language of sorrow draw forth the tear of compassion, but nothing can reach the heart that is steeled with prejudice. So I believe he's saying there, you know, that people may, you know, feel sorry for for them and not want to go that far, you know, and it may be difficult to convince people otherwise. At least that's kind of my interpretation of that. Continuing, quitting this class of men, I turn with the warm ardor of a friend to those who have nobly stood and are yet determined to stand the matter out. I call not upon a few, but upon all, not on this state or that state, but on every state. Up and help us. Lay your shoulders to the wheel. Better to have too much force than too little when so great an object is at stake. And I'll pause right there. Pain is calling all of the colonists to rise up, to help them in the effort against the British in the Revolutionary War. Continuing, let it be told to the future world that in the depth of winter, when nothing but hope and virtue could survive, that the city and the country, alarmed at one common danger, came forth to meet and to repulse it. I mean, just unimaginably powerful words right there. Let it be told to the future world that in the depth of winter, when nothing but hope and virtue could survive, that the city and the country, alarmed at one common danger, came forth to meet and to repulse it. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. I'm going to jump right back into this reading of The Crisis Number 1 by Thomas Paine. 
Say not that thousands are gone. Turn out your tens of thousands. Throw not the burden of the day upon providence, but show your faith by your works that God may bless you. It matters not where you live or what rank of life you hold. The evil or the blessing will reach you all, the far and the near, the home counties and the back, the rich and the poor will suffer or rejoice alike. The heart that feels not now is dead. The blood of his children will curse his cowardice, who shrinks back at a time when a little might have saved the whole and made them happy. I love the man that can smile in trouble, that can gather strength from distress and grow brave by reflection. Tis the business of little minds to shrink. But he whose heart is firm and whose conscience approves his conduct will pursue his principles unto death. My own line of reasoning is to myself as straight and clear as a ray of light. Not all the treasures of the world, so far as I believe, could have induced me to support an offensive war, for I think it murder. But if a thief breaks into my house, burns and destroys my property, and kills or threatens to kill me or those that are in it, and to, quote, bind me in all cases whatsoever, unquote, to his absolute will, am I to suffer it? What signifies it to me whether he who does it is a king or a common man? What signifies it to me whether he who does it is a king or a common man? In other words, if your average person doesn't have a right to do it, does a king or a government have a right to do it? Continuing, my countrymen or not my countrymen, whether it be done by an individual villain or an army of them. He's talking about natural law here, folks. You know, you can't give somebody a right that you don't have individually. Continuing on. If we reason to the root of things, we shall find no difference. Neither can any just cause be assigned why we should punish in the, in the one case and pardon in the other. Let them call me rebel and welcome. I feel no concern from it. So he accepted the title of rebel as well he should. And it's a proper title. A, a rebel is somebody who's doing something righteously against coercion and tyranny. They're rebelling against it. Righteous rebellion, what we're talking about here. And why is there this widespread fear of this? This should be something that people should embrace, should feel proud to be involved in, not shrink away from and be uh, all... Oh, taken aback, how could you possibly even suggest such a thing? You know, you just see the overwhelming cowardice in the modern world when it comes to this, when our forefathers were, you know, wore the label rebel with pride. Let them call me rebel and welcome, I feel no concern from it. But I should suffer the misery of devils were I to make a whore of my soul by swearing allegiance to one whose character is that of a sottish, stupid, stubborn, worthless, brutish man. 
I conceive life likewise a horrid idea in receiving mercy from a being who at the last day shall be shrieking to the rocks and mountains to cover him and fleeing with terror from the orphan, the widow, and the slain of America. There are cases which cannot be overdone by language, and this is one. There are persons, too, who see not the full extent of the evil which threatens them. (laughs) Tell us about it. (laughs) There are persons, too, who see not the full extent of the evil which threatens them. They solace themselves with hope that the enemy, if he succeeded, will be merciful. See, this is a big part of this psychological mindset. They think, oh, if the people in charge now win, they're going to have mercy on people who didn't stand against them. Yeah, that's what you think. Find an example in history where that has happened. Good luck, because you'll not find it. Continuing on. It is the madness of folly to expect mercy from those who have refused to do justice. And even mercy where where, where conquest is the object is only a trick of war. The cunning of the fox is as murderous as the violence of the wolf, and we ought to guard equally against both. Howe's first object, partly by threats and partly by promises, to terrify or seduce the people to deliver up their arms and receive mercy. The ministry recommended the same plan to gauge, and this is what the Tories call making their peace, quote, a peace which passeth all understanding indeed, a peace which would be the immediate forerunner of a worse ruin than any we have yet thought of. Ye men of Pennsylvania, do reason upon these things. Were the back counties to give up their arms, they would fall an e- they would fall an easy prey to the Indians who were all armed. This perhaps is what some Tories would not be sorry for. Were the home counties to deliver up their arms, they would be exposed to the resentment of the back counties, who would then have it in their power to chastise their defection at pleasure. And were any one state to give up its arms, that state must be garrisoned by all Howe's army of Britons and Hessians to preserve it from the anger of the rest. Mutual fear is the principal link in the chain of mutual love. And woe be to that state that breaks the compact. Howe is mercifully inviting you to barbarous destruction, and men must be either rogues or fools that will not see it. I dwell not upon the vapors of imagination. I bring reason to your ears, and in language as plain as ABC, hold up truth to your eyes. I thank God that I fear not. I see no real cause for fear. I know our situation well, and can see the way out of it. While our army was collected, Hal dared not risk a battle. And it is no credit to him that he decamped from the White Plains and waited a mean opportunity to ravage the defenseless Jerseys. But it is great credit to us that with a handful of men, we sustained an orderly retreat for near a hundred miles, brought off our ammunition, all our field pieces, the greatest part of our stores, and had four rivers to pass. 
None can say that our retreat was precipitate, for we were near three weeks in performing it, that the country might have time to come in. Twice we marched back to meet the enemy and remained out till dark. The sign of fear was not seen in our camp, and had not some of the cowardly and disaffected inhabitants spread false alarms through the country, the Jerseys had never been ravaged. Once more, we are again collected and collecting. Our new army at both ends of the continent is recruiting fast, and we shall be able to open the next campaign with 60,000 men, well-armed and clothed. This is our situation, and who will may know it. And he's, he's talking about basically the retreat of the Continental Army toward Valley Forge. Of course, first came the battle of, or the, the siege of Philadelphia by the British, and they took uh, Philadelphia. But then, you know, of course, the tide began to turn at Valley Forge. Continuing on with the essay, the very end of it now. By perseverance and fortitude, we have the prospect of a glorious issue. By cowardice and submission, the sad choice of a variety of evils, a ravaged country, a depopulated city, habitations without safety, and slavery without hope, our homes turned into barracks and bawdy houses for Hessians, and a future race to provide for whose fathers we shall doubt of. Look on this picture and weep over it. And if there yet remains one thoughtless wretch who believes it not, let him suffer it unlamented. That is the conclusion of the crisis number one, issue number one by Thomas Paine, December 23rd, 1776, written right here in Philadelphia. I consider Paine to be probably the greatest mind that has ever existed on the American continent. People should really delve into his works. His works were, I mean, you know, the the uh, the controllers and and the uh, mercenaries and the armies of you know that were fighting against the colonists and the king. They wanted no part of this man's ideology to reach the eyes and ears of the people. You know, they they recognized that his clarity of thought and his passion in his speech and in his writings were were a, a a call to the colonists to take up arms and do what had to be done at that time. And, you know, thank God for him is all I have to say. You know, I consider him the greatest of the founders of America. So, you know, I don't think it could have been more appropriate that this was read on the anniversary of the battles of Lexington and Concord. April 19, In any event, there it is. And um, for the duration of the show, for the little time that is remaining, I guess we could go to the phones for whoever is still holding on, on the line. Let's see if we can get anybody who's still holding. Let's see if we could bring up Ade from Alabama. Ade, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, Mark? I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm doing well. Hey, uh, I had a question uh, that kind of applies to this uh, time of the year. Sure. Um, I was wondering, with like the energy focused toward the kind of like the underground holiday of 420 with uh, National Weed Day. Yes. 
believe the uh, dark occultists kind of take advantage of that energy for their false flag operations. I mean, I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility, but I really do believe that it's more so that they're really uh, kind of almost honoring uh, Adolf Hitler's birth. Um, you know, as socialists themselves, whether they be the national socialist variety or the international socialist variety, meaning communists, it's really two, two sides of the same coin. The people that don't understand that those things are basically the same with just slightly different methodologies are very naive in their understanding of how totalitarianism works. But um, uh, I, I tend to look at it more simply. They're kind of almost revering Adolf Hitler in the modern day through these false flags. Um, I, I think it also has to do with the ancient occultic belief system of you know, perpetual blood sacrifice to the sun, especially during the 40-day period, which is traditionally referred to as the season of sacrifice in uh, the dark occult. So th those are the reasons I really feel that they're doing it. Could it have some connection with, you know, that they made, you know, weed on 420, April 20th, because of the police code 420 being referred to as, you know, marijuana possession. Um, I'm not saying it's outside the realm of possibility, but... Um, I think there are other much more important and occultically connected reasons uh, for why they pull false flag events during this time period. I hope that answers the question. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Um, uh, good job with the Free Mind Conference Three. Sound like sound like it went really well. Oh, it, it was the most incredible event I've ever been a part of. I never in my life thought that Free Your Mind 1 and 2 could be surpassed, but it was done last weekend just outside of Philadelphia in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. Um, it, it was just uh, bigger and better than ever, and I see the event as something that is going to grow in the future, and uh, yeah, we, we may need a bigger venue at some point. Um, just absolutely incredible people, incredible speakers, uh, a, a, a phenomenal weekend overall could not have possibly asked for any better energy or consciousness uh, in that event. Uh, the people who uh, were a part of it, I thank them so much. And people who weren't, you'll get to see the videos on uh, you know, YouTube when they come out. But uh, I hope that people would uh, consider trying to be a part of it in the future because it's just an absolutely... Um, world-changing, a life-changing event, and hopefully it will be, it will become a world-changing event at some point, but, uh, you know, I can't say better things about it. I mean, people think we're hyping it up. Trust me, ask the people who were there. there it's no hype. Uh, it, it's just um, something that will touch you and you'll remember for, for the rest of your life. Let's put it that way. Okay. Well, I definitely hope to make the next one and uh, keep up the great work, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Let's hear from uh, Nathan in uh, Massachusetts. Nathan, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Uh, good evening, Mark. Very good. How's it going? I'm doing well. Yourself? I I would, well, uh, let me just say that I'll sum that up and agree with what you just said. I was at the Free Your Mind conference, and I echo and say uh, and amplify everything you just said. It was It was that wonderful, and yes, it will touch me and everyone else for the rest of their lives. It's the kind of people that are going to be the uh, those who rise. Let me just carry on what you're saying here. These people rise in the spirit of Thomas Paine. These are the real heroes of this day. You know, I I, I have like uh, five or seventeen thousand things I was going to write when I called in, but let me just go with this. This is uh, this is the zeitgeist necessity of our time. The courage that we need to cultivate in our society. 
all right? I, uh, I apparently am a descendant. Now, we're on the eve of the Lexington and Concord time. Uh, I'm apparently a descendant of the Harrington House, who, if you look up the story, the man was shot on the battlefield and lurched into his wife's arms and died on his porch in her arms. So this is apparently in my blood, or even if not, I'll take that as something that can fire me up, because honestly, you do have one life. And those who are going to be stuck in their head cages are going to be those who are going to be stuck in the FEMA cages. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was terrified to call and say something, but apparently that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, Nathan, I want to thank you so much for the call. And we're coming up to a break right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, stay with us. We'll come up for the last segment just after this, these words you're listening to what on earth is happening right here on republic broadcasting we'll be right back let's climb through the tide We don't need no thought control No dark sarcasm in the classroom Teacher leave them kids alone Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on RBN. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Final segment for the show this evening. Uh, We were talking to Nathan in Massachusetts. Nathan, uh, I just want to comment on your comment. Uh, I agree that these were the people who are the truly courageous souls coming together. I mean, courage was so abundant in that room as well. And I could tell that there are people, there there were people in that audience, in that crowd that are going to be teachers themselves, that are going to come into their own and are going to break forward information that they know and that they have discovered and they have learned and they are going to become future teachers. There's no question in my mind that some of those people in that audience are going to be up on uh, a stage themselves teaching a lot of this information to other people because there were so many people there uh, with really great communication skills uh, and you could tell that they had a desire to um, you know, spread this knowledge uh, to anyone who uh, needs to he- see and hear it. And that's what the great work is all ultimately about. So Nathan, that's my comment on, on your comment regarding the Free Your Mind Conference. And I want to just thank you for the call. God bless you. Yeah, absolutely. You got it. Okay, let's try to fit a couple more calls in. Let's uh, go to Greg in Colorado. Greg, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Um, yes. Hi, Mark. Yes. Thanks for, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, just a little news flash for everybody in Colorado. I'm up here in the San Juans at 9,000 feet. I decided to go have a sandwich and a beer. Walked across the highway. I looked at the uh, highway weather warning sign right next to the, uh, the uh, surveillance camera, and it said CSP, Colorado State 
patrol. Um, saturated enforcement. Saturated hmm. enforcement. Rolling roadblocks. Wow. The Gestapo didn't even come up with something that good, did they? Wow. And what is their yeah. justification? Statewide, statewide. And what is their justification for something like this in, in, in Colorado? Wow. Yep. 420. Unbelievable. No justification. Huh? It's unbelievable. Is that unbelievable? Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it makes me think, you know, not again, not to instigate fear in any way, but it makes me think they have something big planned this year for these these yeah. days. Well, so people definitely keep your us? eyes open. Be why, vigilant. why even tell us? Is it a fear tactic to put it on the signs? <sighs> More coercion? Yeah, they're Wait trying to get people. Coercion. Yep. They're trying to get people whipped up, but that's that means we need to be vigilant. And we need to stay in that higher level of consciousness as well and help people to understand what their tactics, how they really work. Well, unfortunately, folks, that's all the time we have for this edition of What on Earth is Happening. Great show. Thanks for Bob Tuscan for coming on in the first half. Great callers as always. Remember, everyone, there's only two mistakes that one can make on the path to truth, not starting and not going all the way. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you right here next week. Good night.